Almost there. Almost there. You know, um, as we come in, we enter into the dark church and it's the light of Christ piercing the darkness. And then we have all these amazing and beautiful readings from the scriptures from Salvation History. As I was preparing for tonight, um, I just, each of the scriptures kind of grabbed my heart. So well, there were seven of them. I have about a 20 minute homily on each one, if, that, if you guys are cool with that. No, I got some no's, huh? Yeah, gotcha. All right, let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, as always, we give you permission to do what you desire. Make our minds, hearts, and souls that fertile soil of the gospel that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate these scriptures for us, these deep and great mysteries of the faith. Reveal to us the crucified and risen Christ. Convict and console our hearts. Speak for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Do you realize what I have done for you? These words we've been sitting with and praying with since Thursday night as we heard them proclaimed in the gospel and spoken from Christ himself to his apostles at the Last Supper. Do you realize what I have done for you? And we, we, we remember that Jesus tells them at the same night, like he's like, you do not understand now, but you will understand later. So as we have been meditating and praying with these scriptures the last few days, and maybe you've been praying with them the entirety of your Christian life, the Lord tells us, right, like you understand some now, but, but there is more to be unfolded. So we see, we have this, where Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, they, they go to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. And they're there, and the stone is rolled back, and they enter in, and they do not understand. It says they are amazed. And they see there what St. Mark tells us, right, is, is a young man clothed in white, an angel. And he says to them, do not be amazed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, the crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. See, they don't yet understand. Do you realize what I have done for you? There they are in the empty tomb. And how many times are we in, the, in our own lives where it feels like we're in an empty tomb and we're going through a difficult thing? We're going through maybe a crucifixion in our life and we feel like we're just looking at an empty tomb. And for us, it's not this like, oh, wow, like the Lord is risen. They're just looking at the empty tomb and like, where is Jesus? And we can do the same thing 
in the midst of difficulties and crosses and suffering in our lives, we can be staring, right? And it's kind of a normal human response, like staring at the empty tomb and going like, where is the Lord? But the angel, right, you seek Jesus of Nazareth who has been crucified, right? God who has been crucified the seeming defeat of the Lord. But he has been raised. He is not here. This proclamation, this proclamation to the two Marys of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Be, and then, then he tells them these three words that are so important. Behold, right? Behold, look, right? Where you see that this empty tomb is not just a place of suffering, but it is actually the place that the resurrection began. It is in that place that the crucified Son of God, he was placed dead, that it is the beginning of the life of resurrection. Behold, and this word behold is much more, it has a greater depth than just look or see. It's the same word that John the Baptist tells his disciples as Jesus walks by and that we say every single mass, behold the Lamb of God. Don't just look, don't just see, but behold. There's a contemplative dimension to this. It is a looking deep. It is a gazing and a meditating and a contemplating and asking for the Holy Spirit to stir up and to lift the veil from our eyes, both exterior and interior, that we might see, that we might behold him. And in this beholding, right, they don't, they don't immediately understand. If we, the, all of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they don't, all tell the whole story. Right? Scripture says, like, if, if we were to count everything in the life of Jesus, that you couldn't fill every book in the world with it. But what we have written is written. And in those Gospels, each of the Gospels, there is something a little bit unique. Matthew, Mark, and Luke are more similar. They're called the synoptic Gospels. They have a lot of similar things. But each have details that are different. And it is John. John is, is the most unique it was written later. And the Apostle John, the Evangelist John, as he's writing this, he recalls and writes in details and events and words of Christ that the others did not. Remembering, meditating, beholding Jesus. And we have in the Gospel of John, we see that Mary Magdalene, as she left the tomb, she doesn't completely understand. And like we too, sometimes the Lord will reveal himself to us in a moment or a thing. There's a certain unveiling that is there, but we don't completely understand. And so in that encounter from the tomb on the way to go and tell Peter and his disciples, she encounters Jesus. But she thinks he's the gardener. I have to think, initially, Jesus thought that was pretty funny. Like, come on. The gardener? But the Lord really is the greatest gardener in the creation. He said, Adam and Eve in the garden. And he told them to till it. 
and the fruitfulness that is there. She thinks he's the gardener, but there's this, this switch. There's this revelation that happens when he speaks her name. Mary. When he speaks her name, there is a deeper beholding. And she knows who is speaking to her. Rabboni. And then she clutches him, which is so beautiful. And she just clutches him. And he says to her in this moment an interesting thing, right? Do not hold on to me. You might think, well, that doesn't Jesus want us to cling to him? Yes, he does. But in this moment, he's he's understanding, Mary, you have received this deeper beholding, and there's this revelation of who Jesus was in a deeper way there, and also a deeper understanding that as he spoke her name to her, she understood herself in a new way as loved by the risen Lord. Like when he speaks her name to her, at that moment, there's a deeper understanding of who she is as loved by the crucified and risen Lord. And he says, but do not hold on to me, meaning this, like do not keep me to yourself. Follow what the angel said to go and tell Peter and the disciples. Do not keep me to yourself. Brothers and sisters, these words of the angel to Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, are are just the rhythm of the Christian life. Behold. That we are called to behold the Lamb of God. That we are called to behold the pierced and risen heart of Jesus Christ. And as we behold him, and we behold him in three ways, through prayer, through intimate prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts in praying with Scripture. We behold him through a study of who Jesus is and a study of the faith, right? Because our minds need to be informed of the truth, that we often misunderstand Jesus. We think he's the gardener. And there's a little bit of truth there, but it is a misunderstanding The image that the world tells us of Jesus often has certain truths about him, but it's not the fullness, right? So not only in prayer, we need to study as we behold the Lord for the revelation of the fullness of the truth of who he is. And then the third way we behold is the sacraments. That is this moment of the Lord clutching us as we clutch him, entering into the fullness of him as we behold his pierced heart, we begin to drink from the rivers of living water that flow from it, beginning with baptism, deepening in confirmation, having this beautiful, on this side of heaven, fullness in the Eucharist, but not to complete fullness because it's, it's this longing for ultimately total communion with him in heaven. And that as we fall, we come to him in the sacrament of reconciliation, all of these beautiful graces that the Lord gives. Behold, And as we behold him, we come like Mary to know more of who he is and then more of who we are because Christ fully reveals us to ourself. 
Again, the world gives us a vision of what it means to be man and woman. The world gives us a vision of what it means to live in the world together. But it is, there are aspects of truth that are there, and there are aspects of truth that are beautiful, but it is not the fullness. It is only dimly, as in a mirror, and it is at times distorted. And so Jesus says, this is who I am, and this is who you are. Come and drink, come and behold. But then from the drinking and the beholding, he says this. Do not hold on to me in the sense of do not keep me to yourself. That as we leave this church tonight and as we leave every single time, we must go and tell. We must go. We must proclaim Jesus Christ who has been crucified. When people say, I am suffering and all of these difficulties in the world, then we say, yes, I know and so does our God. No one knows your suffering and the suffering of the world more than the Lord who took on our flesh and who was crucified. But the crucifixion is not the end. The Lord has risen from the dead. You come and you look for him who has been crucified, but he is not here. He has been raised. So come together, together, calling our friends, calling our family, witnessing to them, to all of the world, to the ends of the earth. Come and behold. Come to drink from the rivers of living water. Pope Benedict says this, in the pierced heart of Jesus, the crucified, God's own heart is opened up. God is no longer locked up. He has stepped out of his hiddenness. The world longs for the Lord, whether they realize it or not. And in the pierced heart of Jesus, God's heart is opened up and he is no longer hidden. He's no longer hidden. And it is from his heart that the rivers of living water flow. And so brothers and sisters, behold. Behold him crucified and risen through prayer, through study, and through the sacramental grace that the Lord gives. And then as we do that, let us go and tell Elect of God, you are here tonight because someone beheld, because someone went and told you about Jesus Christ. And the hunger and the thirst in your heart increased to the point that you said, I too need to go see him. And you have journeyed. And now we're minutes away from you being baptized with the water that came forth from the pierced heart of Jesus on the cross. Candidates for full communion, you have tasted and drank from the waters of baptism, but now you long for more. You long to be filled again and anew with the grace of the Lord through the sacrament of confirmation and to consume him. 
Body, blood, soul, and divinity in the most holy Eucharist. Someone in your life beheld and they went and they told you and now you have come. Let all of us here tonight witness this reality. Let us be renewed in whom we have beheld and let us be invigorated and strengthened with zeal to go and to tell others that everyone, everyone may drink of this fountain, the rivers of living water. Go, behold, and then go and tell that all of us may know salvation and everlasting life. You've been listening to the Christ the King at LSU podcast. If you would like to become a golden giver or learn more about what we do, please visit ctklsu.org.